Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Good afternoon. This is uh, like a treat. Usually afternoons, I don't get all, all you guys. Thank you guys for, for coming today. I know 3 o'clock. Um, how many of you got big plans for the weekend? You got family coming in? Yeah, big plans. I love it. Okay, you guys are all spread out. I'm all of it. Big plans, church Sunday. That's right. Nice. Well, we are, we are just so blessed that you're here with us today on this Good Friday. And uh, it's a time of, of really of remembrance. Um, un- unfortunately, I've, I've done more funerals in this last season that I would, than I would like to, including the one of, of mom just recently. But I, what, one thing that I always talk about when I'm doing a, a celebration of life is this, that let it be a time of remembering. Don't, don't walk out of this place. We'll walk out of here, you know, in the next uh, two hours, and then we'll, we'll go, see, it worked. You guys laughed. Usually it doesn't work. You know, in the next 30 minutes, and, and you'll go have your dinner, and, and you'll, you'll be with family, and that's all good. But there's something about this day. There's a weight about this day that is good for believers to carry, to hold. It's, it's Good Friday. And the book of Mark says this. It says this, and they crucified him. And, and when it says this, and they crucified him, when, when you read through Mark's account of the crucifixion, it, it doesn't seem enough. It doesn't seem like, it seems one-dimensional. It doesn't bring the, everything to life. It's, it just seems matter-of-fact. And, and, and it just kind of, it's like, okay, they crucified him. And then Thomas Hendrickson said this. He says, was there ever anything more beautiful than the crucifixion? Was, it, was there anything ever more beautiful? And, and it's, I'm, I'm looking at these two this week and wrestling and, and trying to reconcile these two. And they crucified him. Was there anything, uh, ever anything more beautiful than this? Um, how can this be? What does a beautiful crucifixion look like? How can this be a beautiful event? And, and today, as, as we walk through a few of the, the uh, uh, pictures of what the crucifixion looked like, I want you to think about it through a different lens. And I want you to, to see it through maybe something that you haven't seen before. How beautiful can a, the crucifixion be? Especially when we look at scriptures. Isaiah 52 says this, 14. Just as there were many who who were appalled at him, talking of Jesus, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and any form marred beyond human likeness. He was unrecognizable. Jesus was on on the cross. And we look at society today, we look at culture today and what we see in culture, we, we put this value on, 
on, on charismatic personalities, and we really put a value on physical attraction, what is beautiful. You look at Isaiah, they said they couldn't, couldn't, couldn't even recognize him. He was so disfigured, yet we see in this culture today, if something is distorted, if something is, doesn't look good to our eyes, it's not beautiful. And I want to look into what this really means today. But a beautiful crucifixion. It's, it's, it, it seems like the antithesis of one another, doesn't it? How can this be? I, I want to give you a peek into it today. First thing they did with Jesus after his mock trial was they beat him. It says the heavy whips, and this is from Expository's Bible Commentary. These, this is the description that they give us, and it's, it's pretty descriptive. It says the heavy whip is brought down with full force again and again across Jesus' shoulders, back, and legs. At first, the heavy throngs cut through the skin only. Then, as the, the blows continue, they cut deeper in the tissue, producing first the oozing of blood from the capillaries and the veins of the skin, and finally... Uh, uh, spurting uh, atrial bleeding from vessels and underlying muscles. Finally, the skin of the back hanging in long ribbons, and the entire area is unrecognizable mass, torn, bleeding tissue. Was there anything ever more beautiful than the beating that Jesus took? And, and, and the reason it was so beautiful, it was that at this point, at the cross, where suffering and healing kissed. It's at this moment at the cross where suffering, the suffering that, 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 that Jesus had, had taken and the healing that would come some three days later, that came together like never before. It's at this moment that whatever you're going through, whatever you're suffering through, whatever's difficult in your life, whatever physical ailment you might have or someone else might have, whatever it is, it's at this place that, that healing and suffering at the cross are connected. Revelation 21 assures us of that. In verse 4 it says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there'll be no more death and no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Is there anything more beautiful than no more suffering, no more pain, no more anguish? And it's this place at the cross where healing and suffering meet and what Jesus did we move on in the story of the crucifixion, and it says, then they crowned him. Now, their crowning of Jesus was a mockery. They were mocking that, that he was to be king of Jews, and, and, and Pilate, who, who, who they said, we want to take that, that, that down from the cross, it says king of Jews, and Pilate said, no, it is what it is. And he put it on the cross in Aramaic and in Hebrew, and, and, and he, he made it stand, but for the for the the guards and everyone else and the Jews, it was to mock Jesus. And it says this, as, as we look into this crown of thorns, the crown was made of some kind of prickly plant, such as abounds in Palestine. This they pressed into his scalp. The, the, the thorns, believed to be upwards of, of an inch or two, 
pressed into his scalp. Again, there must have been copious bleeding because the scalp is very vascular. And bleeding would, would flow from Jesus. And, and they, they push this crown of thorns onto him. I can't imagine the pain. I, I, has anybody ever got stitches in the face? Yeah. And, 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 yeah. Okay, the stitches aren't bad because they usually do what first? They stick a needle into your head. That's the part that hurts. And then they numb it up. And then once they stitch, who cares? But that, that first initial, that, that needle going into your skull or your face. I, I can't imagine Jesus. And, and they're pushing this down on his head. And blood is flowing. Was there anything ever more beautiful than Jesus in the crown of thorns? See, because it's, it's at this point where righteousness and peace meet at the cross. It's, it's for, the, for the guards and everyone else, it was a mockery of Jesus. But for Jesus, he knew his righteousness. He knew who he was and what he did on the cross. And it meets with, with the peace of Jesus. His righteousness stands. He is that, that you and I can be in right standing with God and have everlasting life because of what Jesus did when righteousness and peace met at the cross. For you. And for me, Psalm 8510 says, love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. How beautiful the picture of Jesus on the cross. When they crucified him, it says this, the left foot is pressed backwards against the right foot. And with both feet extended, toes down, a nail is driven through the arch of each. Leaving the knees moderately flexed, the victim is now crucified. As he slowly sags down with more weight on the nails in his wrists, excruciating, fiery pain shoots along his fingers and up his arms and explode into his brain and the nails in his wrists are put pressure on the, on the median nerves. As he pushes himself upward to avoid the stretching torment, he has placed the full weight on the nails through his feet. Was there anything more beautiful than Jesus on the cross? It's, it's a, it's a, you got to get your mind wrapped around it. Because it, when I look at it, I go, it's just I can't even imagine or even want to ponder it. But then I look at my life and I go, thank you. See, it's at this point uh, of the crucifixion where, where death and life meet at the cross. It's where death and life kiss, where Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection meets our life, where the death of Christ, where the excruciating pain of, of a crown of thorns with nails driven in your hands and your feet and, and trying to breathe and, 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 and pushing up so you can get a breath, pushing up so the nails don't pull and sag. It's in this moment of death that life comes. The beauty of the picture of the cross is that death and life kiss at that moment. 
1 Peter 2, 24 says this. He himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree. That you and me, that we might not die, might die to sin and live in righteousness. By his wounds, you and I are healed. Is, is there anything more beautiful than Jesus on the cross? The time. Okay, it's one thing. Beaten, you know, crown of thorns. Hang. You'd like it to be over. But they literally believed that it was hours before Christ died. And, and hours of this limitless pain. Cycles of twisting, joints rendering cramps, intermittent partial asphyxiation, searing pain as tissue is torn, his lacerated back as he moves up and down against a rough timber known as the cross. It, 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 it's now almost over the loss of tissue fluids reaches a critical level and compressed heart is struggling to pump heavily heavy, thick, sluggish blood into the tissues. The tortured lungs are making a frantic effort to gasp in small gulps of air. The body of Jesus is now an extreme and extremist, and he can feel the chill of death creeping through his tissues. His mission of atonement has been completed. Finally, he can allow his body to die. Is there anything ever as beautiful? Is there ever anything more beautiful than the cross? See, it's at the cross where judgment and grace come together. It's at the cross some 2,000 years ago, Jesus, where, where judgment that I'm supposed to take, that my life should take, is, 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 is received in grace. It's at the cross, at that point in the cross, where, where Jesus washes away my sin with his blood. It's at the cross where the cross and, and judgment meet, where I never, no longer have to stand before God for my sins, for my stuff. But I get grace, unmerited favor, a gift. It, it's at the cross that the gift of eternal life is given to you and me. Oh, how beautiful of a picture is the cross. Romans 3, 23-24 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Beautiful is the cross. And lastly is Jesus' death. Jesus said, it is finished. And he put his head down and gave up his spirit and he died. Is there ever, ever anything more beautiful than Jesus' death on the cross? Is there ever anything 
more beautiful than the creator of heaven and earth hanging on a cross with a crown of thorns and blood flowing. Is there ever anything more beautiful? Because at that moment, love and faithfulness kiss. It's at that moment on the cross that this love that I don't even understand, that God so loved me that he gave me life. It's at that moment that love is experienced. It's at that moment that love meets faithfulness, the faithfulness of Jesus to come to this earth being fully God, fully man, and giving his life for you and me. It's at that moment that love and faithfulness meets. Oh, how beautiful. Is there anything more beautiful than Jesus on the cross? John 3, 16 through 17 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son in the world to be condemned, to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Is there ever anything more beautiful than this promise? And they crucified him. Was there ever anything more beautiful? This, this two diametrically opposed statements come together some 2,000 years ago on the cross. Why is Good Friday so beautiful? Why is Good Friday so beautiful? And people ask all the time, ah, Good Friday, you guys, your Jesus is dying on the cross. How is, why is Good Friday so beautiful? Because it's where you and I find eternal life. Through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And, and the Bible says this, that if you don't have this relationship with Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, if, if the beauty of the cross isn't alive to you, it says this in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. For it's with our mouth that we confess. And with a heart that we believe. And, and if, if there's anyone in here today who doesn't know Jesus, doesn't see the beauty of the cross, today is the day of salvation. And it comes through a simple prayer. God, I'm done being in charge of my life. I'm done. I want you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I believe that you went to the cross for my sins. And then on the third day, you rose again. Why is Good Friday so good? Why is it so beautiful, this cross? Because it's where you and I find eternal life through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Sunday's coming. So is Jimmy. <laughs> to lead us in some worship. Sunday is coming. Luke 24, 12. They thought it was over. They thought it was done. They thought the cross was it. And Luke 24, 12 says, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooped in, looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves. 
And when he went marveling at what had happened, the tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. Oh, how beautiful is the cross. But even more beautiful, or just as beautiful, is that the tomb was empty on Sunday. And you and I can have eternal life. That's what Good Friday is about. That's what Good Friday is about. As we finish with uh, this last song, it's a time that we're going to receive communion. There's communion stations up front, and then there's communion stations in the back. This is a, a, a time, and we, we, we do communion open to do it as a family. If you're here alone today, jump in with us or jump in with some family. But, but this is a, a holy time. Thursday night, yesterday was Passover celebrated as Passover and as a time when they received uh, communion. And the, the Bible says that on the night that Jesus betrayed, they took the bread and they broke it. And they said, this has been, this represents my body, Jesus said, that, that has been broken for you. And then, then he took the wine that, that represented his blood that was to be spilled. And he said, when you come together with your family at church, when you come together with your family, not at church, when you're alone and, 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 and you need to come into my presence, he said, take this juice and drink it in remembrance of me. This is a moment we choose to do as a family. And we choose to worship. And we choose to remember. It's a time of remembrance. So as, as Jimmy sings this song, take some time to remember about, oh, how beautiful was the cross. Oh, how beautiful was Jesus on that cross. And then come up and receive. Get your heart where God wants it, in line with this. Father, I thank you for this time, Lord. I thank you for the men and women that took the time out of their day to be here. God, to, I thank you for the churches throughout the world today that are, are celebrating uh, Good Friday. Oh, God, how beautiful the cross. God, as we receive communion as, as families, Lord, I, I, I pray that... Uh, thank you for your blood that washes away our sins. I thank you for who you are. And we thank you for this Easter and the eternal life that we have through Christ Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen.